A Nashville shooting left seven dead, including the shooter, and the TikTok ban is still a hot topic on Capitol Hill. President Biden is being criticized for his decision on the Willow Project. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. It's Friday, March 31st. We're here for another news episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Friday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is mostly sunny, 66 degrees with a sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is mostly cloudy, 85 degrees, and thunderstorms throughout the weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it is thundering, high of 61 degrees, and rain. And in New York City, there are scattered showers, a high of 56 degrees, and a sunny weekend. All right. Well, there is a lot to talk about today, so unless you have anything at the top here, let's jump right in. We have some breaking news to get into right at the top of the show. Former President Trump has been indeed indicted by the Manhattan Grand Jury. We do not know the charges at this hour because they are still under seal, and we have not heard officially from the Manhattan DA yet. But the former president did issue a lengthy statement shortly after the indictment came down, so let's go through it. Starting out by saying it is political, then goes into a list of what he views as witch hunt investigations, including the Russian investigation into the Russian involvement into the 2016 election, both impeachment trials and the Mar-a-Lago search from earlier last year. Then he proceeded to go into how Democrats have lied repeatedly to go after him and prevent him from holding office again. He ended that section by calling the indictment blatant election interference, and he goes on to say this has never happened into the nation's history, which is a fact, as we reported last week. In the next paragraph, we see attacks on the district attorney and trying to link him to President Joe Biden. There are no connections that we know of besides they are both Democrats Bragg is a state official. He was elected by New York City voters. And, of course, President Biden is a government elected official. He ends the statement blaming it on President Joe Biden in order to beat him in a 2024 election, even though Joe Biden has not announced he is running for a second term. There are three things you need to keep in mind in the coming hours and days. This indictment is still sealed. We do not know the charges and we do not know the magnitude of these charges. Everyone in this country, including a former president, is innocent until proven guilty. This is a state case that has been in the process since 2018. There are still a long ways to go from an indictment to charge and arrest in process. You are not going to see the former president being arrested and processed in the coming hours or days. And that is currently being worked out by the Secret Service to keep the former president safe along with everyone in the courthouse. The lawyers for the former president have said that they are going to appeal this entire process at every twist and turn. The shooter who killed six people at a small Christian school in Nashville has been identified as 28-year-old Audrey Hale. While the shooter's gender identity 
identity is unclear. Police and friends of the shooter refer to Hale as female, but Hale used male pronouns on social media. Police say Hale had been receiving treatment for an emotional disorder. Hale's parents told police they realized their child had several weapons from them before opening fire. The attacker's parents say they believe their child should not own weapons and wrongly believed Hale had sold the only one in Hale's possession. But in reality, the shooter had legally purchased seven guns at five local gun stores and used three of them to attack the school, killing three small children and three adults. While the attacker left behind what the police chief called a, quote, manifesto, he said investigators are still trying to determine what could have motivated the massacre at the Covenant School, an academy in a Presbyterian church that averages about 200 grade age students. The victims have been identified by police as Evelyn Decos, Hallie Scruggs, and William Kinney. They were all nine years old. The three adult victims were identified as 61-year-old Cynthia Peak, 60-year-old Catherine Kuntz, and 60-year-old Mike Hill. Body camera footage released Tuesday morning by the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department shows the moment police officers Rex Gonzalez confronted and killed the shooter. After searching classrooms and an office on the first floor, the officers rush down a stairwell and move along two hallways before confronting the shooter, Aubrey Hale, who stood under a large window in what appears to be an atrium. President Joe Biden addressed the Nashville school shooting again Tuesday, saying he had watched the footage related to the Nashville shooting and said the victims should be alive. Quote, these children should all be with us still, he said at the unrelated event in North Carolina. The president reiterated the gun violence is tearing apart the soul of the nation and said more must be done to protect children, quote, so they learn how to read and right instead of docking cover in classrooms. Biden said that he's a Second Amendment guy and that he has two shotguns, but said of automatic weapons, these are weapons of war. He reiterated his call on Congress to pass an assault weapons ban. Quote, if a common sense issue to act now, people say, why do I keep saying this? Biden said, because I want you to know who isn't doing it, who isn't helping to put pressure on them, he said, referring to Republicans. Biden said there's nothing legally else he can do to regulate guns. That's why you keep hearing him talk about Congress taking action. And technically, that is true. Any executive order that he issues about guns can only reaffirm the laws already on the books. It's Congress's job to pass that legislation, but there is no way at this point anyway that any more gun legislation is likely to pass. As we just said, no, former President Trump was not arrested, but if you saw the photos circulating around on social media, you might have thought he was. But the viral AI generated certainly did fool a lot of people. And the creator actually got into trouble. The photos were generated by some incredible software called MidJourney. All you do is type in what you want to see, and AI generates pictures of it. Of course, those images took off on Twitter. The guy that created them said he was joking around and thought posting the images to social media would be funny. 
Well, Midjourney did not think this was funny at all. They ended up banning him from their platform, and now lawmakers are taking notice. The chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee had a bit of a statement. Chris, could you read that for us? Senator Mark Warren said, quote, Should already be on notice if your product directly enables harm that are reasonably foreseeable, you can be held potentially liable, end quote. And you might be wondering, how? Well, at this point, we really don't know yet. Congress is once again behind the ball on this thing, and the whole AI rollout is moving so fast, as I'm sure many of you know, and it is literally becoming like the wild, wild west at this point. It is unregulated, and if you do use it, you know that it can be both incredible and terrible all at the same time. And at this point, policymakers have a lot of work to do to regulate this wildly popular tech. I am sure you, me, and everyone else knows how everybody else felt about the testimony last week on Capitol Hill about the TikTok ban, but how did the CEO of TikTok feel about it? Well, Sho Chu showed back up on TikTok for a second time last week. There were two big things he said in the video, and you may not actually pick up on them unless you are really listening to what he had to say. First, he thanked the TikTok community for all the support he received. And then he made four commitments to TikTok users. The first is to protect user data from foreign interference. And the second is to protect teenagers. And this might all sound familiar. This is all stuff that we've heard up till this point. But the third commitment that he made is the first big message here. Third, we will ensure that TikTok remains a platform for free expression and that it cannot be manipulated by any government. Notice the word any. It is the only word in the text that is in all caps, and he really emphasized the word in that audio. He is saying that the free expression that we all use on TikTok will not be manipulated by any government. Of course, we know that he is talking about China, but he could also be referring to the United States. Whether that is past, present, or future, we really don't know. It is indeed a use of a word that says a lot without saying anything at all, though. And the other commitment that he made was this. You share this information with your friends, your family, and your elected officials on why TikTok is important to you. Four words, and your elected officials. So that they and TikTok both know that this platform is not a good place when it comes to a real ban in the United States. And they are banking on you to be so angry about it that you tell your elected officials about it. And if you do feel strongly, then you should do it now before lawmakers vote on any of the legislation that is currently being proposed. Ban or sell TikTok. We know our government has threatened with that ultimatum, but where did it come from? It sounds familiar. Oh, wait. Yeah, it is. The U.S. government has done the same exact thing before, and it worked for them the last time. So what app was it? They did it to Grindr. In 2016, it was bought by the Chinese gaming giant Beijing, who won. Almost immediately, the U.S. government got involved through the Committee of Foreign investment in the United States, which is the same exact government agency involved in all this TikTok drama. And at the time, the U.S. government said that the app was a national security threat. They were concerned about the privacy of the 27 million Grindr users and China's access to their data, fearing that the Chinese government could use that personal data to blackmail you and U.S. citizens to include U.S. officials. 
The owner also admitted that the engineers in China could access the data of U.S. Grindr users, and that is the exact same story that is going on with TikTok right now. After four years of fighting in 2020, China sold the company to a U.S. investor for more than $600 million. There are a few things that are different. As early as last week, the Chinese government said that they will not allow TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, to sell off TikTok. So have you been wondering how to contact your elected officials? We are going to talk about it and how to do it. Now, I want to say before we tell you how to contact them, this requires you to do something about it. You are going to need to actually do something. Bitching on the couch while eating chips or signing some generic petition is a waste of your time. It will not change a thing. So we have been telling you for years, if you do not like something, it is on you to tell your congressional leaders. You need to pick up the phone and call your leaders, not someone else's. You need to call yours. So with the emphasis that Chris is putting on yours, it is important to note that you and every one of us who lives in the United States has one representative in the house and two senators so how do you actually find them and contact them it is a simple two-step process the first is you go to find your representative on house.gov and enter your zip code your elected official will pop up and secondly to find your senator go to contact your senator on senate.gov you can search by your state and you will get their contact information so let's go a step further though your congressperson has an office and staff working in that office so once you know their name you can go to their website call them write them a letter go to their office go to their public events and they have these public events all the time so you can talk to them and talk to them like they're human beings being violent is not going to make your position any better. In fact, it's going to make it a lot worse. So just talk to them like they are human beings. If all of their constituents tell them to do something, they will most likely do it. They will do what those constituents want. Congress people have one very simple purpose. They want to keep their job. And the only way to do that is to keep you happy. President Biden had some pretty interesting comments regarding his approval of the Willow Project. A multi-billion dollar oil drilling project in Alaska has called into question his commitment to clean renewable energy. He made the statement while he was in Canada last week. He said the decision to make the approval was difficult. My strong inclination was to disapprove of it across the board. But the advice I got from counsel was that if that were the case... I may very well lose in court and then not be able to do what I really want to do beyond that. And so what was the trade-off that President Biden was able to make in exchange for approving a scaled-down Willow project? Significant amounts of Alaskan sea and land forever. I was able to see to it that we literally able to conserve millions of acres, not a, not a few, millions of acres of sea and land Forever. He said that if it withholds all of the legal challenges, the Willow Project up and running will only account for about 1% of the total oil production in the world. And he was able to get the land and sea protection that he wanted. So he took the gamble. Better gamble 
and a hell of a trade-off to have the Arctic Ocean, the Bering Sea, and so many other places off limits forever now. And as we have said plenty of times before, this is not even close to being over. We've reported oh. uh, throughout March that several communities have sued the Biden administration over all of this. So it is going to be a long time, a very long time before we see whether this gamble pays off and whether this even gets up and running in the first place. Getting into rapid news, Pope Francis is gradually improving under hospital treatment for a respiratory infection, the Vatican said. And a 16-month-old was fatally shot by their five-year-old sibling at a northwestern Indiana apartment, authorities said. Nick, what do you got for this Friday morning good news? All right, so earlier in this episode, we kind of highlighted some of the negatives that can come of AI technology. You know, it didn't hold the, the greatest light, but we also mentioned that it can be terrific. It can be absolutely fantastic if used in the correct way. And this is one of those situations as a 17-year-old girl was able to win $150,000 by getting third place in a science talent search by basically using AI to create a rather effective uh, way to diagnose pediatric heart disease. And the whole thing started out because her sister, her younger sister, had gone through the same thing years earlier, had gone through uh, suffering with pediatric heart disease, and it went unnoticed for a long time because there wasn't a great way to diagnose it early. And so she wanted to find a way to improve that possibility that it can be not only diagnosed, but then later treated before it can get, you know, it can get extensive and the suffering can get long term. It can become long term. Well, she managed to use AI to do this. And I wish I could effectively explain exactly how it all works but it goes a little over my head i admit but essentially it uses a series of smartphone images as a way to help diagnose whether the child has this pediatric heart disease and again it's a rather complicated explanation but it has to do with how the eyes process information and how there's a lot of neurological information to process and you can find out pretty effectively uh, how that is all transmitting and whether that means that the child has the heart disease. And like, it's just absolutely incredible. Again, 17 years old was able to do this and it has an 85% effectiveness rate, 85% absolutely incredible. And it does truly highlight some of the positives behind AI and what it can do. That is an incredible good news story nick ai actually doing something for good you know it's, it's again one of those things we talked about earlier how it can be rather negative how it can have a lot of negative implications but to see it do a lot of good and hopefully just absolutely transform you know more medical more areas of the medical field throughout time is absolutely incredible yeah it really is that is the end. Or Nick, before I wrap this up, 
I think we're going to be having a good news episode tomorrow. We are. We are back tomorrow morning for a good news episode. It's April 1st. What a way to start out the month. We get to do this on the very first day of the month. That that doesn't get to ha- you know that doesn't happen for us often. So we will be back for that. I am so excited. I love these episodes, as you guys know. That is the end of this Friday morning news episode. We will be back here tomorrow morning, like Nick just said, for a good news episode. So until then, everybody, enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy the start to your weekend. Bye, guys. Bye.